Hey guys, this is Ruben Langdon, a.k.a. Dante from Devil May Cry, a.k.a. Ken Masters from Street Fighter, and also Chris Redfield from the Resident Evil series. And you are listening to the Casanova Podcast, the number one podcast in Hawaii. Jackpot. And welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast and the number one podcast in the Pacific, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova. I've got the honor and privilege of having the one, the only, the iconic Alex <laughs> Mukala. Man, Alex, how are hey you doing? Guys. Man? <laughs> hey, Michael, I'm doing amazing. How about you? Doing Thank good, you so man. For the introduction, that's uh, I mean, I can't blush because I'm black, but if I could, I would be doing it. <laughs> so. Thank hey, you. We got the same problem here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know um, me, understand me. No, it's, it's an honor to be here, really. It's an honor to have you on the show, man. Like, I, I love your content. I love your swag. Like, dude, your music, you are a musical genius, dude. We got to dive into it. But before we do, <laughs> tell people where they can find you. Uh, well, you can find me on uh, YouTube. I have a channel where I break down video game music on Twitter. I post this clips of me playing funky bass remixes of video game music. Spotify, there's some orchestral remixes I made of video game music. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel where I teach people how to make orchestral music. And uh, what else? I, I don't even know. There's so many things, but just <laughs> YouTube, Twitter is where the good stuff is. Spotify, if you like orchestral video game music remixes. And okay. uh, under Alex Mukala, like Alex Mukala, that's my name everywhere. That's my real name. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And, and that's the cool thing. I love that you you have your branding is the same across the board, and it's one of the yeah. things that is so essential if you're a creator, and even as a, a musician, to have that universal branding because it makes it so easy for people to find you too. <laughs> I agree. Although I have to say, in a way, like yeah, it makes it easier. In another way, I make so many things of a different variety that sometimes it can be confusing because mm-hmm. it's all under my name. So like, <laughs> uh, that's why I have Alex Mkala music and Alex Mkala tutorials, but on Twitter it's kind of like, I try to do both. And it's, mm-hmm. ah, it's, I'm trying to navigate all that stuff. It's uh, the crux of being a highly creative person, I suppose. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> a good problem to have though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't mind, but I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm sorry for the people who follow me because many must be confused. Like, hey, I thought you just made video game covers. Now you make tutorials. No, I weird to explain, but but yeah. <laughs> All right. So 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 kicking it off, man. Like, uh, let's let's talk about it. Like, so you do, you know, video game covers. You do compositions. You're a video gamer. You know, a YouTube star, musical genius. Okay, where <laughs> where is the origin point? I would, I would I, call myself a musical genius. I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but, but but thank you. But uh, how, what was the origin story? Like, what got you, uh, what was that defining moment that got you into music? Mm, many, but I would say the first one was playing Final Fantasy VII as a kid. And just being blown away by the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And growing up by listening, like I, I used to listen to the MIDI sound font version of the Final Fantasy VII music. Mm-hmm. And I had banged that stuff. I was like, yeah, this shit is amazing. <laughs> Even, like my friends were listening to, I don't know, MTV music. I was listening to Final Fantasy music. It was the weird one. I was like that. And it kind of 
you know, that game shaped my my childhood, my teenage years, who I am. I I owe it to Final Fantasy and the music really carried me through my life. And I was like, hey, when I got in my twenties, I I decided what I wanted to do with my life. Because when you're in twenties, that's where you start to shape who you are gonna end up becoming when you're an adult. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I would actually like to make music and make video game music, or rather make music that gives to people what Final Fantasy music gave me. Mm-hmm. So that was when I was 19 years, which was, well, almost nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's where I started out of nowhere. Because when I was 19, I didn't know how to play any single instrument. I didn't know how to compose, didn't know music theory, didn't know any of this stuff. All I knew is that I wanted to make music and I didn't want to wait because like the narrative is like, hey, if you want to chase your passions, you better do that when you're like 50 and you know you have your career and now you're safe. I'm like, yeah, at 50, I'm not going to have the energy to do all my dreams. I'm not yeah. going to have the energy to explore the world and make music the whole day. So I was like, I should probably do it now and not listen to what people are saying. And uh, I just plunged into it. I took a sabbatical where I did nothing but write music as a way to learn how to write music. And the, the goal was for me to say, hey, if in one year I can reach the level where I can start from scratch and end up writing music to some professional mm-hmm. enough that, is, that I can make money out of it, then I should keep on doing it. Like if knowing that sabbatical year. So mm-hmm. I took that sabbatical and uh, it went well. After that year, crazy stuff happened. And now we're here. It's like the short version, but... Loads of things happened, man. I, I, uh, there was a time in my life where I used to make movie trailer music and I ended up making some music for an Avengers Endgame trailer and stuff. So, like, stuff happened, but it's, uh, it's been an interesting path. But we want the details. <laughs> I just don't want to bore people for like half an hour about my, my biography, but no, if you, if you really want to know. So, after yes. that sabbatical that I took, I. The sign for me that I had to keep on going was the fact mm. that I found this website where you can sell music. I uploaded this jazz piece that I wrote and it sold one copy. One copy was enough for me to, to be like, okay, I reached the level where I'm a professional musician now, so I should keep on going. And I kept on going. Mm. And shortly thereafter, I wrote this orchestral track that got the interest of BBC One, who contacted me through the same website where I sold music. It's called Audio Jungle. Whoa. And they were like, we want to use this song in television in our BBC One channel, like the UK number one channel, on this program. Uh, and we're going to send you a contract so we can, you know, pay for it. Mm-hmm. And that was the defining moment. I was like, hey, okay, this thing about music that I've been pursuing for a year with this goal that everyone told me, you're never going to make it, blah, blah. Now, I really have the proof that I've been doing the right thing because freaking BBC One contacts me after a year and a half. That's insane. Because... When I started before that, I knew nothing. So I remember publishing, like I remember the euphoric vibe that I felt throughout the whole month. Mm -hmm. That, Like that month, it was like the confirmation that chasing your dreams and stuff is actually a good thing. And uh, yeah, from then on, I just went even faster and harder at it. Ended up making music for traders uh, through a friend of mine that I met. And I made a few. We did the John Wick chapter two. We did, uh, with a friend of mine, we did um, Ben Hur 2016, uh, Mm. another short trailer for that movie. And then I made the music for Avengers, like one of the infinite Avengers Endgame trailers, just one of like 80 or something. So it's Mm. not a big trailer, it's just a small one, but, you know, I made music for that. That was dope. And uh, then 
I slightly started losing the passion for it because maybe maybe you can understand how, you know, like maybe you had the same thing going on. Have you ever worked at a, something that you're very passionate about, but ended up like maybe losing the passion because you started chasing the wrong goals? Did that happen yeah. to you? Yes. Okay. Uh, that happened to me when I was in music. <laughs> oh, you were in music as well? Yeah. 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 I, Whoa, used, to, I, wanna, I used to sing. I want to hear and... the story. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to, um, so I used to, to, to sing. Um, I got signed mm. to Virgin Records out here. And, uh, you know. What genre did you sing? Uh, R&B, but wow, I'm, okay, I'm okay. A, but the thing is like, this is because they, they're like, oh, you have a, you have an R&B voice and I, I could do R&B, you know, but I was always mm, a metalhead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm a, I'm a metalhead, you know, me mm-hmm. and my older brother, Nick, are really into uh, metal music cause my whole family's musical and I'm the one person who can't read music. I can't write it, but if I hear it, I can play it. I Same. Can sing I mean, it. I, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand you. So, so like for me, um, you know, when I got into the industry, like, you know, I was sold this, this pipe dream, like it's all about the music. It's all about this. It's all about that. And then getting to see, like, it's really not, it's really not. And it just, it killed my passion for music. And, Mm. you know, it's, it's one of those things where people are like, oh, you should get get back into singing. And I'm like, it's hard. "Mm." You've you've been scarred by the the, the industry, but yeah, that like what I've, find to be true in life is uh, the phrase, or I don't know the exact phrase, but when you are not fighting, for, you're working for something, but it's not something and it's not your dreams, like you're mm-hmm. working for someone else's dream. Yeah. So that's not always good. Maybe that's not what you want to do. You're working for that other person. And for yeah. me, when I made Trader Music, it was my way to get closer to the final goal that I have, which is scoring or writing music for a Final Fantasy game. I want to specifically write music for a Final Fantasy game. Because for me, that represents the fact that's where I started. That's where my inspiration started. It's an impossible goal because all the Final Fantasy composers are Japanese. They're all geniuses. They're all insane. And I'm not anywhere close to that. So if I end up realizing I, that I, I insane disagree. dream. No. <laughs> I, I thank you. But really, that for me, I'm like, yeah, no, there's no, like, still, I'm far away. But if mm-hmm. I manage to get there, that is the demonstration that anyone can embrace whatever dream they have and, and achieve it at whatever age, because if I started like age 19 without ever touching an instrument before or whatever, and end up writing music for a Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. First, I've been documenting the whole journey on YouTube and stuff. So people are going to be able to see, because this is something that normally people cannot see. Like, oh, here's this pop star that I love or this composer I love. You just get to know them when they're already famous. There's no yeah. like track record because YouTube wasn't a thing in the beginning. So you have this sense that they're different from you. They're like these superior beings and they're different. Like you just cannot reach them. Oh, with me, what I want to do is to like, like I, want, I have this catalog of like when I started and everything on YouTube, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You can hear, you can see, you can listen to me, my music when I started out. You can listen to it now. And you can, if you want, trace my whole chronology and see that I'm just a normal person. So my goal is to get there and then through that, inspire the world to embrace their dreams like I did. And if they ask you, ask me, oh, yeah, but like for you it's different. I'm like, no, go check out my old YouTube videos, check out, you know, all the stuff that came before and you're going to see. It's not that I was born a genius. So uh, when I was making the music, I was trying to get closer to that. Like I was trying to like get legit. People were like, oh my God, you make music for Hollywood movies. It's amazing. So you get all the validation, you get great money and it's good for you. 
Mm-hmm. It was a step forward, but after a while, it started to like limit me because I wasn't growing in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's like Trader Music is amazing. I met incredible people there. The people working on it are freaking talented, and you can definitely push yourself forward a lot. It wasn't that I learned everything I needed to know. Mm-hmm. It was that I learned everything I wanted to know about that specific type of music. My goal is Final Fantasy. It's not Hollywood right now. So I didn't need to progress forward. It's like I am using a wizard class, but now I want to become paladin sort of thing. You cannot mm-hmm. keep on casting spells. You need to learn how to use a sword. So eventually I stopped doing that. I took a break from Turner music and I started to make tutorials on YouTube because I wanted to learn more about orchestration. Mm-hmm. I personally learned by, I don't know, strategy, like by um, trying things, throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. I don't really, I'm not someone who studies theory and stuff like that. I just experiment. I go on YouTube and look for tutorials and then I write music based on what I learned. And the idea of making tutorials pushed me to discover more things because then my audience wanted to know more and more and more from me. So mm-hmm. that gave me the headspace to learn orchestration a bit more. And uh, yeah, eventually that too started to become a bit limiting. And I started this other channel, Alex Mikala Music, which is probably the one where you found me, and the one where lots of people are finding me now. Because I find that throughout all the time before Alex Mikala Music, I have been refining my skills. Now I can write orchestral music that actually sounds legit, that can be used mm-hmm. in a movie as I used it, like they got used in an adventure, blah, blah, blah. Now it was also a question of like getting myself known out there to towards the video game music world. So mm-hmm. I started making video game music covers. I before FS7 remake came out. By the way, if I'm boring you, let me know because I can drag on for a long no, time. No, 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 no. Okay. You can keep doing that. Okay. <laughs> keep doing <Okay>. your thing. <laughs> but did you play FS7 remake last year? Like yes. this year? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, were you hyped as me for that game? I couldn't think of anything else. Dude, I was so hyped for it because it's like I'm I'm so deep in the Final Fantasy VII lore, the compilation. Like I, okay. I'm over here like theorizing, like, yo, is this the same Sephiroth from from Adam? Yeah. When, when he said like I'll never be a memory, did he legit mean it? Like, did he? Yeah. Because like, okay, yeah, I, I can nerd out. So you, that. so you, so you love <laughs> you love the ending. You yes. like the ending. Yes. Okay. Uh, me too. Same. <laughs> same, and 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 I do love. Like uh, the speculation, and I, I do think that it's the same Sephiroth. But that aside, <laughs> I, was, I was I was so hyped for that game, man. That before it came out, I actually I'm the only I think I'm I believe I'm the only person in the world that when no there, there was also another person that did that I think mm-hmm. no listen so I'm I think I'm the only person in the world that when the b- before the game. When the E3 presentations of the game were coming out, there was one with uh, Neil Papon presenting the game. And he was like, was there with Kitase, showing the gameplay mm-hmm. and commenting on what was going on in the game. This was like Tokyo Game Show or E3, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And in that clip, we could hear the... I think it was... Um, I think it was the bombing mission theme in Nefes Remake. But it was drawn by all the noises of the, 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 the fighting, like the game noises, and Neil Pabon talking about the game. So mm. you could barely hear it. I think I'm the only mad person who looked at that clip thousands of times, listening to the music and transcribing it. If you go on my YouTube channel, you can find Bombing Mission F7 Remake uh, recreated. And if you look at the date, it's like November, but the game came out in March. 
And it sounds very similar. It wasn't exact, it's not exactly the same because it was almost impossible to hear exactly the, the correct notes, but it sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. So I went through a, a phase where I started making this like uh, recreations of the snippets of some remake we heard. Some I arranged myself, like I imagined them, like I imagined how Genova would sound like if some remake. I made a cover of that never some remake style in my own mind. Mm-hmm. And then freaking FF14 Shadowbringers came out. Oh no, that was oh. that was prior to that. But I started playing it in that period and I listened to the the the, the main theme. Did you play that game? I yes. uh, I'm a full-time uh, Final Fantasy 14 player. Oh, there I you go. L- I love 14. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the, the music in 14 is just absolutely <sighs> insane. Ooh. It's absolutely yeah. Then the main theme like it's it's great in general, but when I got to Shadowbringers, which was a bit before, like after some remake for me, mm-hmm. the main theme freaking blew me away, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like I like it. I like the fact that people were appreciating it, but I felt people were not appreciating it enough. Yeah. So I made like a the first ever, I think, music producer reacts video, uh, which is what the internet knows me for right now. Mm-hmm. I made that. Music producer actually shot the bringer's main theme. People were expecting that I was just a guy. Like people were expecting, oh, just music producer just making faces and just you know reacting. But actually, I called it that way because YouTube SEO. Like you have to pick titles that are gonna entice people to click. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your videos don't gonna be shown to anybody. But those titles need to be honest. And it was honest. I, I'm reacting to the song, but for a big chunk of the video, I also teach people what's going on. So I'm mm-hmm. being like, this is fucking amazing because. In this passage, there's a modulation, which means the, the song went from a major, like minor mode, which is dark, to a major mode, which is hopeful. And that happens right at the end of the trailer or the main theme where the, you know, the, the warrior of light becomes the warrior of darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's where he finds hope to fight against the scene eaters. And the music is telling that through, like it's telling the story. And I'm like, people need to notice this because it's freaking great. And I find video game composers have all these sort of like, they put so much love and care into the tracks. And yes. many times it gets you know, like the, the effect of certain techniques gets noticed only subliminally, but people don't really know. And I mm-hmm. wish I wish that people knew more because then they would be like, oh my God, this guy is really, really, really good. It's not only hype. This composer is fucking amazing. And I should follow him, blah, blah. blah. So I started making those videos to, you know, spread my passion for video game music, but also to give more credit to the amazing work of composers in video game music. Uh, because they don't get it off, in my opinion. Like, a video game composer doesn't have the status symbol of a pop star. Yeah. Even though video game composers are usually way more talented than pop stars. A pop yes. star can... <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the pop stars can definitely... They're great performers. They're great at catching people, like, understanding people's feelings and writing them in a song, blah, blah. But they usually don't go as far as video game composers in... The, the, the talent and complexity of what they compose first. And mm-hmm. second, video game composers, other than being amazing composers, they're also, usually they also play, they're very proficient in instruments. If you take Masayoshi Soken from uh, Final Fantasy XIV, that guy, I think he plays piano, he plays guitar, <laughs> he can sing, he can do whatever <laughs> he wants. And he can write even electronic music, jazz music, orchestral music, like, and he should have way more credit because... Mm-hmm. It's like five different musicians in one. So I see this consistently, especially with Japanese composers, because, because of the language barrier, they don't really engage that much with fans in the West. 
And I'm trying to be this link. And sometimes like I share, I don't know, the work of, uh, for example, Hellfire from Final Fantasy 15. Did you play that one? Like uh, 15? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so no, the track no, that no, plays no, against... No, not my favorite Final Fantasy. Okay, but, but, but no. did, you, did you finish it though? Yes, yes, yes. You remember when, when at the end with this Ifrit, right? Mm-hmm. The track that plays there, Hellfire, is the, one of the most beloved tracks in Final Fantasy 15. Like everyone was like, oh my God, because it's, uh, it was one of the first times in Final Fantasy where the boss track has different phases to cycle through with the fight. So as you mm-hmm. fought Ifrit, the music evolved to match your gameplay and match the, the, the intensity and the emotions in the scenes. Mm-hmm. So that was a very memorable moment. And everyone, also the track is amazing because it has like choir, guitars, lots of interesting instruments like mixed together. The composer is not Yoko Shimomura for that one. She's the leading composer for F15 as a whole. But Hellfire and Wanderlust, which is our two of the most beloved tracks, are from a mm-hmm. guy called Yoshitaka Suzuki, who's actually composed, he, he composed a couple of songs for each of the last Final Fantasies. 13, mm-hmm. 2, uh, Titan Returns, 14. There's some of his work there. Mm-hmm. And if you, this guy is making the best Final Fantasy tracks, and if you go on his Twitter, he only has like a thousand followers or something. Like that was some time ago. And I'm like, how, like, how's, how's that possible? So one day he was publishing something. I just, I just posted on my Twitter, like, hey guys, you should check this guy out. He's the composer for Hellfire. I don't know if you knew that. And everyone was like, wow, he composed Hellfire. Oh my God, I didn't know. And uh, they followed him. And he's like, wow, he got in touch with me saying thank you because after I shared. Like the fact that he composed that fire, lots of people followed him. So I'm feeling like this sense of responsibility to be sort of like the bridge between composers and fans, both in terms of how they understand the music of the composers, but also in terms of like just appreciating the, the composers a bit more and telling them, follow them on Twitter and stuff. So yeah, that's why I started doing these, these reactions. Then the Shadowbringers one just exploded out of nowhere. Like, it got like, I think, a, I don't know, a thousand views in the first week because I had 2,000 followers at the time there. But mm-hmm. then out of nowhere, everyone started to find it. And then it reached like 100 for 150,000 views. Like there was a week where it just went up like crazy. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And everyone was like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting this video to be so good. I'm like, okay, suppose I'm going to have to make more. You know, I enjoyed it. I do love teaching <laughs> because that's what I've been doing for, for years on my Twitter channel. Mm-hmm. And I like to reverse engineering things because that's how I learn music. I, I really don't study theory. I don't know. I don't know shit. Like I know the basics. That's all. But mm-hmm. I'm very curious about reverse engineering stuff by, by ear so that I can Im- learn and improve as a composer. And I do that naturally when I listen to music. So now that I saw this, there's this positive effect on everyone, the composers, mm-hmm. the listeners, and also me because like it, it boosts my brand and it makes people discover me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep on doing it. And uh, so that's what I started doing reactions. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing now. And my reaction videos, I always like to like put a bit of my talent in there too. So if I may listen, like the last, the last one I made was for Devil May Cry 5. Uh, do, you, do you play? Do you, okay. You like the game. You had I the freaking it. introduction with Dante's voice actor. So He's my best know. friend. Like no lie. Dude that's, has a key that's to amazing. my house. Every summer, yeah, he 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 comes out here and kicks it with us. So Ruben, love you, Ruben. Yeah, yes, that's that's great. <laughs> He's amazing. No, but the whole like the people who work in the game are so amazing. Like, yeah, such creativity without limits. Like, that will make Cry is a game that it's fucking 
bombastic and in a way it doesn't take itself too seriously because sometimes it's silly but also it's so intense all the time like mm-hmm. it sounds like the voice actors as well as, as well as the composers and the game designers and the, you know everyone working on that game was so freaking committed mm-hmm. and you can hear that in the music especially uh, and last like two weeks ago I think oh, three weeks ago Kezi Edwards released the, the new Very song like, yep. yeah and I made an analysis <laughs> of it uh, and I was like whoa for me, that's one of the best video game songs ever made. And in this analysis, I pinpointed the fact that there was a part with the melody that sounded very spectral, like Castlevania. Mm-hmm. And then I, while I was, so what I do when I do this reaction, I actually record myself while I listen to the song. And then when I notice mm-hmm. stuff like, hey, this sounds like Castlevania, I pause the song, I pause the recording, and I, I write a Castlevania arrangement on the fly. That's what I did. Just, you know, Taminus wrote that Castlevania arrangement of that. Melody from Demon May Cry. And then I record it. I'm like, okay, check it out. This is Castlevania. And I played the arrangement. So mm-hmm. the reason why I do those short remixes in my reactions is first, I want to, I want people to understand what I say because like sometimes I have the understanding as a composer to say, hey, this sounds like Castlevania mm-hmm. because I know. But, but someone who is not so well versed in music might be like, no, I don't hear it. But then when I show them with an example, they're like, oh my God, how can I not hear it? How could I not hear it before? <laughs> so that's why I do it. And a second, I also like to do that to like, tell to people, hey, like, I can make music too. Because mm-hmm. I don't just want to be this like, you know, reaction guy that then doesn't do stuff. I'm a music yeah. producer and my, like, my career is making music. It's not like making reactions. Uh, even though it's, it's really great, but my ultimate goal is still making music Final Fantasy. So in these videos... I try to also add in my talents, you know, mm-hmm. by doing short remixes here and there, showcasing ideas. And that also gives me an idea for what people want to see. Because if I do the Castlevania remix and then everyone in the comments will not shut up about Castlevania remix of They Will May Cry, mm-hmm. it tells me that it's a good idea to make the full version. Because when you make stuff on the internet, YouTube, whatever content creation, sometimes you might do something that you think is amazing and you spend so many hours on that. Yes. And then yes. no one fucking cares. Yeah. So the, the thing, <laughs> the ideal thing to do yeah. is to like put your feet in the water, like your toes. And then if it's nice and warm, you like you put yourself. But if it's mm. not, ah, do another thing. So that's kind of why I'm doing those. And uh, yeah, that's uh, essentially the story of where I started, where I am now. And the, the goal is still making music for Final Fantasy game. And I don't know how long. I, it might take a long freaking time to get there. Yeah, like, I, 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 th- I think, <laughs> you know, but but regardless, it's the fact that you're willing to embrace your dreams and, and go for it. And I love that you said embrace your dreams. So I'm, I'm assuming That's you're my also favorite. Zach yeah. Fair. Yeah, my favorite character in Final Fantasy. Yes. Yes. Hands down. <laughs> and that one back there too, Vivi, another favorite character of mine. Nice. Yeah. No, it, it's the fact that you're willing to you know just go for it and we're, we're in a day and age now where people they're they're so afraid you know prior to i guess during the pandemic and prior to pandemic a lot of people like to play it safe and you know i, I oh, was yeah. told i was told a lot of that my, myself too like you know told you're never going to do this you're going to fail you're never going to be able to do this you're going to fail at music yeah. you're going to fail at podcasting this this and this you know get a job work it till you're 50 or 60 and then pursue it. And like you, I had the same mentality. How the hell am I going to do anything when I'm old? Yeah. <laughs> you know? People, people you know? don't think about that. 
It's like, how could, can they not think about that? Yeah. It's insane. So, it's, so it's, that, that uh, was the thought for you that like snapped you out of it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, it really it, it hit me hard. Uh, when I went to, so my wife and I, we got, we got sent out to uh, E3 last year um, by mm -hmm. uh, PDP. And when we got there, like, you know, so many people we, we got to hang out with. Like, a lot of our friends are voice actors, so, you know, Ruben Langdon, Nika Pasolita, so many people, you know, in the industry and just being surrounded in the world. And I'm like, dude, I'm a guy from Hawaii that literally started from nothing to nobody knew who I was. To I'm here at E3. I'm like, yeah. And I, I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, if I did this, I got to this point by working, you know, 15, 16, 17 hours a day, six days a week and eight hours on the seventh day. And I did that work and I still did this full time. I still streamed. I still made content. I still podcast. If I did that, what can I do if I put everything into it? And she's oh, yeah, like, dude. She's like, go for it. <laughs> I'm like, I love you. If I fail, you can kill me. <laughs> <So> <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, dude, that's, that's, that's true, though. Like, people underestimate themselves. And they underestimate also, like, how much time we have. Yes. It's not like that you have to figure it out in, like, one month or, or a year even. Like, it took me, like, I started, what? It was almost nine years ago now. Mm -hmm. that's, that's that's well eight years actually mm -hmm. but that's that's a long time there's a lot of stuff you can do in eight years you know yeah i have friends who are trying to like always oh, someone people get in touch with me like oh my god i i would love to do what you do okay do it do it yeah but <laughs> yeah but this but that but i don't know but blah 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 and all the time they spend asking me questions like this is these are months they could use to actually do stuff and they were going to be much better off if if they started and even did mistakes, like the, the other thing that people hate is like the idea of starting and then making mistakes. Yeah. Dude, I cannot even count all the freaking mistakes I made. And all of them taught me something. If anything, mm -hmm. they taught me to have the character to keep on going. You know, you do mistakes and then you keep on going. You're like, oh, yep. that didn't kill me. So I can do more, <laughs> and maybe get better. But if you're fretting like, oh, I don't want to do mistakes ever. Ah, that's... That's what keeps you from achieving anything. So it's, it's very hard. Like I think like you and I probably were lucky in having the right mentality and just figuring out that, hey, this thing of like doing it when it's safe is a lie. Because, yeah, you know, if you just wait when you're 50, you're too old. But many people are just illusioned and they are never probably going to snap out of it. And that's kind of sad. But, you know, no, I, I, I learned that there's nothing I could do. I can, I can give all the advice I want, but I, People need to figure this out on their own. I think. No, it's true, and and you know, you know, on top of that, for me, I, I'm also I'm four years in remission from cancer, so I got a couple mm. more months. I'm going to hit five years. I'm fully cancer free. But you know, wow, going man. through Congrats. going through cancer and just experiencing that, experiencing how like that, your life can change. Your life can be yeah. over. You know, that really put its foot up my ass. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I need to whatever it is I want to do. Let me build up my equity, but also let me start building towards my dreams. Let me just go ahead and do it because there is a point, dude, I, the, the same, you know, cancer that, uh, uh, the, the, the actor for uh, black Panther died from is I, I had the same one. So I had wow. cancer. So I, and I was, I was stage three. Mm 
So my prognosis is I wasn't going to live. And I, and I did live. I lost a lot of hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say did that. You, well, did you like, I'm curious, like, did you find there was something that pushed you to like fight harder and survive? Like, yes. Yeah. I, okay. It, it, it was me wanting to not like, I was so desperate to make my life have meaning. I did not okay. want to be forgotten by history because you think about it, so many people die every day. And, yeah, and this is not to be insensitive, but like so many people no, die no, no, no. every day and are forgotten. And, you know, with me and working in this crazy part is and having cancer, I was also working for a hospital. So wow. I would see people dying all the time and they would always have these like, I wish I did this. I wish I did this. I wish oh I did that. God. And I'm like, yeah. fuck that. I'm going to do it. I don't yeah. care. I'm going to fight. I need to be here for her. I need to be here for myself. I need to be here for my friends and my family. And I need to just do it. Like there's no time like the present. I can't keep, you know, pussyfooting around because yes, like go, you know, you get your career and people tell you go to school, get a good education, get a job and, and do that. And I had a high paying career and I was unhappy because yeah. <laughs> I was, un I was creatively stifled and unfulfilled. And it's like, people don't warn you against unhappiness. No, they, they never say, be careful to not, I'm not made the wrong choices because you might end up unhappy there. They don't think of that. It's like, a, I think it's a given in our society that you are going to be unhappy about your job. Yeah. And I understand where that's coming from. Like if I, if I think about my parents, like in freaking Congo, when they were mm -hmm. younger and stuff in Africa, you could not freaking afford to even think I'm going to do what I love and going to find. No, like, hey, like we, you come from poverty. You have to find, you have to excel at the corporate ladder so that you can be free of the pain of poverty. In that case, professional success is completely linked with happiness. Mm -hmm. But I was, I grew up in a different scenario. Mm -hmm. And so did you. Like we were essentially the same age. So that doesn't apply anymore. Now, like, now we have the luxury to say, we can actually pick up any career and do whatever we want and do something that feels meaningful. And look at that, that saved you from cancer. So that is yeah. the proof right there that you did, you did the right thing. But man, like, congratulations first for you know, how you're winning this fight. And second, for having that self-awareness because lots of people just could have seen the things you've seen and chose not to understand what you understood, you know? Yeah. So that's, uh, I totally, I totally figure that. Like, I, I'm the same. Like, I, I think very deeply about this stuff all the time. Have you ever done like a, have you heard about the personality test? Like the Meyer Briggs or something? Yeah. Like ENTP, yeah. which one are you? Uh, shit. Do you remember? You're no. sure you're extroverted. I, I, but okay, I wait. think I'm I, an introvert. But I'm very extroverted. So maybe, okay, there we go. Same. <laughs> Same here. There's a name for that. It's called ambivert. It's when Is you're it? like, uh, yeah, so do, do you, okay, <laughs> we're going to be a bit nerd on this. Do you, do you find that you recharge your batteries when you're by yourself or when you're with people? By myself. By yourself. So, okay. But you do enjoy being around people and you're very sociable. Yes. So you're an ambivert. I'm the same. My girlfriend does not understand this. Because some days I'm there and it's amazing. And then one day I go, hey, I actually need a bit of space. Like, I would like to be on myself. She goes, what? So you didn't <laughs> enjoy the time together with me this whole time? Like, no, actually, no, I did. But 
I need space. Like I, I want to be by myself. And, and uh, <laughs> it's it's the ambivert. It's when you're you're. I think you're yeah more of, a, of an introvert than an extrovert maybe mm-hmm. because you need to start your practice. Same for me probably. But uh, on the test, I result like extrovert. Maybe you are gonna be the same. Uh, the second thing is like, oh my god, there are like four indicators. I'm gonna I have I'm gonna ask you to do it later and then tell me the result because I'm curious. Maybe we're the same. <laughs> I am ENTP, which is uh, means that I'm extroverted. I'm intuitive, so I think like from myself and not from mm-hmm. the outside world. I am rational rather than emotional. Uh, not that emotional people are not rational, but I'm I think with my brain rather than my heart. Which means mm. I have the empathy of a banana, and then I, <laughs> and then I, I'm. It's easier for me to like imagine what could be rather than consider what is. Mm-hmm. So that combination makes up a personality of someone that, generally speaking, this is not a hundred percent accurate, but generally speaking, I'm someone who likes to entertain ideas which are different from mm-hmm. what people normally think, simply because I want to. I want to. I'm curious about the things that we can we don't see. So mm-hmm. from this type of personality, it was very natural for me to go like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do like everyone says and I should go for something different and see what it is. Because like, this is not me being like, I know for sure that following my dreams is the best answer. My attempt here is just trying to find a different way to live and see if that works. And if it does, I'm going to tell people about it. And if it doesn't, I, I have lived a life doing something interesting, which is a life lived trying to find something new, like a freaking... I don't know, sailor in the Middle Ages would like sail to uncharted waters. That's kind of like I like to live. And sometimes you go and you find glory. Other times you just you come back home in a shipwreck. But hey, you have adventures. You live. <laughs> so, so maybe maybe you're the same or maybe you're very similar. I don't know. But but yeah, I was curious about that. But dude, again, congratulations. You didn't know about, uh, the thing about cancer. That's uh, that's amazing Thank that you're you you. going through that very well. And it's just, dude, like, Life is just, I feel like, and maybe you feel the same, because I feel like we're on the same wavelength, but mm-hmm. I feel like so many people are just existing. They're not living life. Yeah. And it's like, it passes them by. And I, I can't be that person. Like, I, and I, I yeah. think about it, like, I, I think about, you know, my parents, you know, and, you know, my mom and, and you know, from coming from Samoa to here to to us and, and and just living her life effectively through her kids because you know that's that's what she that's all she had but the and thing like the the thing i think about though like i'm gonna interrupt you like for a second go for it is is the fact that for other people like when i think i think about the same but for other people sometimes maybe that's all they need mm-hmm. for, for them maybe they don't need to like I don't know, embrace this crazy dream. Just simple fact that, hey, I have a family. I have some friends that care about me. That's, that makes me the happiest. And sometimes I see that. I'm like, I'm kind of jealous of that, to be honest. Because if you I are... Too. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> you're, okay, if you're that ambitious, like you, you will not have peace until you achieve these massive yeah. goals. But there's people out there who just like to chill, hang out, and just, I don't know, play video games all day, or I don't know, like do normal stuff. And Stuff that I love to do as well, but I also need to have that edge, that that's something else. But mm-hmm. there's people who don't need that and they are content with who they are. And those people are saying, like, keep on doing you because you know you're doing amazing. My my message of like embrace your dreams and stuff goes mostly only to the people who are 
unsatisfied and they want it. You know, people mm-hmm. who contact me and like, hey, I want to be like you. How can I make it? And I tell them and then they don't operate. That's where I go, what the fuck are you doing? But <laughs> for, for people who just are chill, they, you know, they don't do anything like insane, but they're mm-hmm. having a happy life. That is insane already. Like that is great. Just the act of being happy and being a good person that grows a nice family, nice kids, blah, blah. That's great. So I have insane respect for that too. I, I, I wish I have a lot of friends like that, you know, that have that yeah. capability of just being content. And Same. I'm not going to lie, man. I envy that. I envy it because it's like even with like my wife, my wife is able to be content. She's also ambitious. She's very ambitious. Yeah. Hi, hi. I love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, she's able to just be content. And mm-hmm. I'm over here like, God, I wish I could do that. I wish I could. And I, I've tried dude. like my twenties was me trying to find that, you know, exp- not only exploring, Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And then I sell down to the, okay, I'm just going to do this career, get a job, mm. do this. I did it. Some of the most mind numbing work. Oh uh, no. You too. Holy shit. I did that as well. <sighs> <laughs> Wait, were you a developer? Uh, developer, uh, architect, as well oh, as uh, systems shit. analyst. Okay, I just did junior developer in Java for like a few months. I studied IT in high school, and then that was it. After a few months, I was like, okay, bye. But dude, but 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 seven years of Java. Oh my god, no, <laughs> no. Okay, I get it. I understand. I understand completely why you escaped. When I arrived in the office, Java was the language I studied in high school. So when I arrived mm-hmm. in the office, they asked me, what language do you prefer? I'm like, hey, I kind of like Java. Everyone was like, yes, please be my assistant. I'm going to leave you all the Java work. I was like, okay, Java is awesome. I don't mind. Dude, after a few months, I was like, you fuckers. You, you, gave me, you knew exactly what you were doing. So yeah, man. Holy shit. Seven years. Mm. Yeah. Like so, so I, I was the primary backup and the on call. Okay. Literally. That's, uh, my, that's my, intense. Uh, uh, that's intense. <laughs> that's crazy. Dude, <laughs> fit, fit, 12 to 15, sometimes 17 hour days, six yeah. days a week. And an eight hour day is a good day on the seventh day. I literally Maybe. worked every day. Maybe that's what prepared you, though, for podcasting six times per week. I think so. You know? I think so. Like, Also, maybe that's what you're... Do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Yes, yes. Okay, so man. that guy, he's great. That guy, the, his work ethic is determined by the fact that he spent his whole, like, teenage years and stuff, all his time working. So he's been configured to work all the time. And he likes it, you know, because that's, that's what he knows. So maybe the work at Java office for so long configured you to be super productive at podcasting, probably, in a way. So that's like, life has so PTSD many blessings. Thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Well, that, that also gives you the, the charge to be like, I don't want to work for someone else, you know? Like, yes. I find like, my best friend right now is going through this phase. Like, he works in restoration and he's been working there for years. He was mm-hmm. chef in a... Uh, pretty classy restaurant in the center of Milan, which is where I'm from in Italy. And Milan is a very classy city. So it was good for him, but he didn't like the way they like freaking, 
he was a slave there, even though he was mm. a, he was a slave. So now he's working in a much less ambitious like chain of restaurants because he's like, I'm gonna work there so I can work a bit less. And <laughs> there is letting him anyhow the same. So it's like restoration, the restaurants and stuff, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Now he's really realizing he hates that. So he has way more motivation mm-hmm. to become a Twitch streamer and make that work. Because before you actually go through trauma in the working world, you don't think about the importance of being self-employed. You're like, eh, I can just keep on working as an employee. This, that's fine for many people. But if you're someone who hates it and you bang your head against that by going through some trauma, then you're going to be way more motivated to become successful at being self-employed. So maybe like that cursed period as an IT developer really gave you a boost that you needed to your motivation and stuff. So I find life has lots of hidden blessings in its curses. So I, I still wake up sometimes <laughs> like from nightmares where I'm like, oh God, I gotta do this code. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's, uh, for those who don't know, Java is so mind-numbing. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. I don't even, right now, I don't even remember why, because it's been a long time since I coded in Java, but I remember the way I felt when I was coding in it. It's like, who invented this and, and why are we still using it now? It was just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It does not make sense at all. Like the, the, the pretense of Java, I, I liked it, like the idea of like using the object, uh, classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the more I dived into it, the, the, the less it made sense. I, I wish I could compare it to a video game, but I can't. Like, is there a video game that is as bad as Java? What is, what is your worst favorite video game of all time for you? Or, okay, worst favorite like video the, game. Like the one you hate. You're like, ah. Okay. Uh, objectively, me, might... ob- objectively okay. bad or just... No, for you personally. Okay. Subjectively. Mm. There's no, it's hard to judge stuff objectively, dude. Like, who yeah. can judge stuff objectively? Especially video games. I don't think you can. <laughs> People uh, try with Final Fantasy thirteen. You cannot objectively say it's bad. You can say objectively it was different. But then if it was good or bad, it depends on you. So, okay. Um, but you can say thirteen if that's, that's the game you're thinking about. Don't worry. No, I was actually thinking Zill Saga 2. Okay, I never played that one. That one, it, it. I heard, I heard the hate for it though. Like, I, it's not the first time I hear that. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't hate. Yeah. <laughs> Strongly, like I, I dislike the direction they went with it because it's like, it went with such a great buildup in the first game, amazing music, mm-hmm. to what the fuck when you can just die. From every common, every common enemy in Zero Saga Two, is like a boss fight. It's like fighting. Really? It's almost like fighting Ruby Weapon in Seven. What? It's just it's what? stupidly hard. Have you have you ever played Dark Souls? Yes. Fine. Is it tougher than I Dark love, Souls? <laughs> I love Dark Souls, but I hate it. Uh yeah. You you probably need a guide every time you go through and fight any enemy in the game. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I literally broke, 
okay, so when I played, I was I think I was like a teenager when two came out, and uh, yeah, I broke some e discs back then. <laughs> I would break it and then go back to the store. Okay, I, I need to buy this because that's oh just how God. bad it was. But then, like, it, it was so bad, it soured so many people. Like for myself and other gamers, it soured so many people's desire to want to play three. And three came out, and we're like, "What the fuck? This is what this is." <laughs> This is one on crack. It's so good. What yeah. were they doing with two? And then now, wow. it, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of yeah. reminds me of Devil May, Devil May Cry. Actually, I played Devil May Cry 1, and then I played mm. 2. Did you play 2? Yes. That one was weird, right? Yes. That yes. one was very weird. That's where I, I love 1, and then I played 2. I'm like, yeah, Devil May Cry is trash. And I just <laughs> never, I skipped, I, I skipped 2. I didn't play 3. Because mm-hmm. two just made me lose any. I bored, didn't play it. Then DMC, the reboot came out. I'm like, okay, this is a reboot. Maybe I can, maybe it's gonna be better than two. And it was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as good as one. And then five came out. I was mostly hype about the music in this one, and uh, I picked it up. It was fun as heck uh, for the first few hours, especially. Dude, and, they uh, they went balls to the wall with five with the music. Yeah, that was the first thing that just hit me was the music. It was such. I a think sharp they change. did so with everything. Mostly, but yeah. I have to say personally, like I loved it, but I find that it's when I play it, it's boring because I'm not so good. I, I haven't played Devil May Cry. Like I only played one in DMC, so I'm not so good at like making it stylish. But mm-hmm. when I watch streamers play it, it's so fucking fun. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cool game, but I expect as a someone who maybe for someone who played them all, when you play five and you see the story and the characters, you're like, oh my god, it's so many beautiful things happening. I felt sad for not being. Like a diehard fan of like three, four, etc. When I played five, because it was like I saw certain things happen. I'm like, okay, I know if I played the original ones, I definitely would have uh, cried. But yeah, but yeah, for me, a game that I hate probably I I'm someone who doesn't. I'm not able to hate things. Yeah, this is a problem of mine. It's hard for me to like not enjoy something. But Final Fantasy, all the bravest. I don't know if you ever tried that one. It was on the phone. We, we, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So that's, uh, I think they, did they deprecate it? Like they took it down from the store or something? Like they realized it was a mistake, I think. And they just yeah. removed yeah. it. That was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was like, what the fuck? And why? That's uh, probably the game that I'm like, mm-mm. Power Level uh-huh. Amy in the chat said, she said, oof, I played it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's a big fan of yours too <laughs> oh well thank you very much for level but yeah that's uh we don't talk about that here dude the fact that Katy perry is a final fantasy character yeah i mean uh it's uh i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm like i see this shit i'm like i hope that doesn't happen in the in the final fantasy games that i do play if I, if I, what, that, that's not all the bravest. That's uh, that's another one. It's not, not record keeper. Brave Exvius. Brave okay. Exvius. Yeah. Brave Exvius. Okay. The thing about Brave Exvius, I've never played it, but the music, man. I don't know if you heard mm. it. Mm-hmm. The music in oh my god, it's so good. Some tracks are even better than some tracks in the numbered Final Fantasies. But yeah, I do hope they do not include Katy Perry in Final Fantasy sixteen. Like, she's gonna be bring, DLC. 
Yep. Which which celebrity would you like? Because now this is becoming the thing. Keanu Reeves is in Cyberpunk, and that's yes. That I'm like yes. I would love that. <laughs> which celebrity do you think would fit amazingly in Final Fantasy? Like that wouldn't feel like what, but rather would feel like how could they've never thought before about this? If you were like someone working at Square Enix, like yeah, this celebrity is definitely gonna make people go boom. Uh, I would probably, if I had to get a celebrity, um, <clears throat> I would probably, I think I would go with, um, the guy who does Luther, the Luther series. The the black guy? Yeah. Uh, Idris Elba. I would, I would go with him. Mm. I think he would fit, especially in 16, if they went and brought him in as a certain character, I think he would fit right in. He's mainstream, but not mainstream enough to be like yeah. overpowering, like his name would overpower the, the, the game. So mm-hmm. Interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen Luther, but uh, I, I mean, I saw what, like one episode or something, but it seems like a very, very, very strong guy. So maybe that would yeah. be a very good character, actually. Yeah. But I yeah, that'd be the, hard. I like, wouldn't. I wouldn't put the rock in it. <laughs> no, my God, Kevin Hart. I mean, I would. I would love Kevin Hart, <laughs> but <laughs> Final Fantasy maybe would be like, uh, no, dude. But yeah, let's just hope that they don't take this approach necessarily. They did that with uh, Gakt Kamui in Final Fantasy Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus. He was uh, Genesis. Mm-hmm. The Gakt is a Japanese, one of the famous Jay Rock singers. One, he fits very well. Because in Japan, there's this uh, style of uh, music, which is also a style of like clothing called Visual K, where you mm-hmm. have like guys dressing like Final Fantasy. <laughs> like not exactly, but they're, in the way they dress and stuff, they look like they came out of a JRPG. Mm-hmm. You know, wearing makeup, long hair, like very stylish jackets and stuff, and they slay guitars in the meantime, and they have the incredible style. Like you have music videos with dragons flying and stuff. It's so fantasy and it's super cool music, actually. And uh, Gakt is one of those and it was used in Crisis Core, which is the reason why they're not making a Crisis Core remaster. Because, yeah, because of Gakt. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like kind of happy that I, when I saw Genesis, I'm like, wow, that fits very well. But now I'm like, dude, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it, it, it's it's like when when uh when uh Square they tweeted like oh it's been X amount of years was like fourteen fifteen year fourteen years since uh Crisis Core came out and I'm like <laughs> that's nice yeah that's nice how about that remaster would you like to see it would would you like to see it in F S M remake I I think we're going to. I think we're going to get that happen, but I think the only thing is if they're going to do something differently with Genesis, I think they're just going to have to redesign them. I, I think I think part two is going to be like you think they're going to add Genesis to part two? Like they mentioned them, they did yeah. mention him. Yeah, but do you think? Yeah, I think he. Dude. I think part two is going to slightly recap Crisis Core and lead into something else because. The, okay, my theory, my theory, I know Power mm-hmm. Lovemi is in the chat and a lot of other people, we were theorizing this 
for, for okay. weeks. My theory is if you play Dirge Zerberus mm. at the it's end, a, I love it. Right? Like at yeah. the end, Genesis said, it, you know, he came back. It's not yet. Time oh, yeah. For he wakes up. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, when you read like further than Ultimania, the only reason he would wake up would be some new threat would have to wake him up. The only thing mm. I can think of is what is going on in, in remake. Because if you think about it, they were going to remake seven anyway, but you know, to see So you think that is like connected. I do. I don't think Sephiroth is the big bad anymore. I think it's something else. I just don't know what it is. Hmm. Uh, Damn. Hmm. <clears throat> I, I don't think they can make some. Like it's hard. Like that's what I was wondering about. When when mm-hmm. are we able? To, like are we able to talk about the game spoilers and stuff? Yes. Because talk I, about yeah. anything. okay. <laughs> if they don't okay. like it, they can kiss my ass. <laughs> no, but like I don't know. Like it's been out for a long time, but I don't know if people. But yeah, at the end when there's the final face face off, I'm like, this is as epic as the final battle in Advent Children. Yeah. It's not even like as epic as the final battle in the original seven. It's like. As epic as seven as Advent Children. How are you mm-hmm. gonna top this? Like, how can you top this this fight right here in terms mm-hmm. of like power level, but also in terms of epicness? Now, if Sephiroth is not the big bad and it's another one, it's it's gonna be so hard to like create a villain in, in the seven universe that feels more threatening and more iconic than Sephiroth, in my opinion. Like how how do you like because Sephiroth is one of the most beloved villains in the history of video games, not yeah. only in Final Fantasy, I'm in the history of video games. Even though Final Fantasy has villains that are much better than Sephiroth, in my opinion, still you cannot remove the fact that it's like the most beloved. So if Sep- Genesis is the big bad, loads of people who haven't played Digital Cerberus and haven't played Crisis Core, Crisis Core are gonna be like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And he actually doesn't, to me, doesn't feel like a such an interesting villain compared to Sephiroth, personally. Yeah, he's got a, his inferiority complex. Of Sephiroth is pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and and Genesis is an interesting character, but it, yeah, it's uh, clearly meant to not exceed Sephiroth. So I don't know. When when he woke up in the Disturbers, to me, it felt like they just wanted to have something in case they want to continue the saga. Mm-hmm. But it felt so random to me. I was like, "Why now? Like, what? Is... Ah, there's no meaning." I did like the Ojo and Omega and Vice and the Brown story. That was mm-hmm. amazing. And, and... Me, yeah. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. In my opinion, the big bad is probably going to be like three Sephiroths or whatever. The Sephiroth well, I... we have now, one from the past, one from you know stuff like that. Not. I don't know. You think he's gonna pull like a, a Xehanort? Oh shit! Like <laughs> he could. I mean, I hope he, I hope he doesn't because I actually did not. That was something I did not necessarily. I mean, I liked Kingdom the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> doesn't doesn't make sense. So here's Kingdom Hearts does not make sense, but it doesn't have to because it's Kingdom Hearts. Like they have been building it in a way. 
where it's clear that we shouldn't expect too much logic in it. We should expect that we're instructed a new type of logic from Nomura, and through his own rules, he's going to tell us a story. So when I play Kingdom Hearts, I'm like, yeah, whatever, fine. And what I don't care, fine, just give me feels and just give me epic battles and amazing music. And uh, there, I'm like, fine, but yeah, Xehanort doesn't make sense, but eh. If they did that in Final Fantasy VII, I- I'll probably be like, no, why are you doing this now? There, it doesn't. You think they're going to give Sephiroth a redemption arc? Just Man, <laughs> I don't think he's going to get the redemption arc. What I hope he's going to get is a prequel or something. Like, give us a portion of the game where we play as Sephiroth in the moments, slightly before. Like, we maybe play him when he was a young, you know, soldier, whatever, short-haired Sephiroth. Then, fast forward when he was, like, older, when he becomes, like, a soldier, you know, first class, whatever. And then show us when he discovers that he's a, he is what he is. Like, I want to see the humanity in Sephiroth being portrayed, mm-hmm. leading up to the moment where he goes crazy. Which is actually not the moment where he's going crazy, it's just the moment where he wakes up and he figures out what the fuck is going on uh, in, in his life. And then he chooses to act the way he acts. Th- that, that's the only lack of Sephiroth for me, like, it's that it's not humanly relatable. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes sense because he's not completely human, right? But he, he, it was a big part of his life, what he thought he was. Mm-hmm. And... I don't care if he's not completely human. He still has, like, feelings. Yeah. So I want to see those. <laughs> so that, that's, that what I, that's what I would like to see. Redemption Arc, not so much. What about you? Like, what would you like to see in the next part? Uh, I, I'm with Amy. Like, Power Love Amy says, let's play as Sephiroth when he came to the revela- uh, revelation of his fate and his mm. attempt to devour it. So I can show it for you guys. So this is what she said. So in, in that sense, because... Her and I keep theorizing it. Wait, he's um, a to the tour? The, the tour of, fate? of what fate is it? Like when he went, because I feel like when he was in the live stream, he knew he was going to lose. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You mean the, the news after all? Yeah. Like the, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think, we, I, I, I do think we need to play as him younger, you know, yeah. to leading up, because the best part of crisis core was humanizing. Sephiroth. Yes. That I was loved the it. best part of it. Yes. You joked. I, I was like, yeah, you laughed. <laughs> yeah. And man, I still feel the part where he injures and and stuff and, uh, or Genesis brother. Yeah. And he just starts to like question himself. Like, Hey, like, why are you guys, you know, because everyone's like keeping like, Oh, don't, don't be close to us. Whatever. Like he's, starts to be shut down from other people and he starts to like question like why like am i different is there something wrong with me that was very nice to see actually and now it's not canon anymore <laughs> so because like the the, the the computation is not canonical anymore so is i it? hope that no it's not they, canonical anymore oh i thought they like, they it, it's still part of it it's still part of it because they mentioned stuff from the compilation but it's all the things we saw before are not canonical. They can change them at any time. Yeah. So they, they mentioned Deep Ground exists. They mentioned Genesis and Angeal. They mentioned Zack. Like, those are things are being mentioned or showed, but they might change a little bit because it's not canonical anymore. So, I think they just want to have the freedom to do whatever they want. 
So uh, I'm assuming if we're going to. Okay. So <laughs> an, another theory, since we're, we're down the rabbit hole, another, yeah. <laughs> another theory I have is what they're doing with seven remake is essentially kind of like what's going on with 14 with the echoes. What do you mean? In a sense of like, you know how we got the, uh, the warriors of dark darkness, warriors of light. Oh, like the, the different shards and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. So I so mean, dimensions. <laughs> I mean, alternate timelines. But but then I don't trust Nomura to tell that kind of a story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, but wait. Like the thing about Nomura is that, interestingly, he is the reason why Final Fantasy VII was not the original FF7 was not a shit show. Yeah. Because they wanted like uh, was it? I don't remember Kitaze and who's the second writer Ashimoto. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to kill all the party except for three members at the end of the game. You had to pick three members, everyone else died. Nomura was the one to tell, hey, if you do this, it's going to be like a shit show. Don't do that. Like, this is a bad idea. And because Nomura decided not to do it, then we had what we had. Like, have seven, the ending, and uh, all the other games. Imagine mm. if he killed everybody and only three people remained. Like, you know, it would have been probably a ballsy thing, but F7 would not have been what we know. So yeah. it's not like Nomura is like, uh, I don't know if he deserves the bad reputation that Kingdom Hearts gave him. Like, I think he's going to treat Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy as two completely different things, even though it's the same. Like, it's still Nomura, but he understands maybe that the audiences are quite different for both yeah. games, even though and, it's still Square Enix. I mean, and, and if you think about it, like, you remember when Kingdom Hearts first came out and then you beat it, like, it, it felt very self-contained in a way. Oh, yeah. 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 But actually, <laughs> did you like the fact, the direction they went to after? I didn't mind, too. I mm-hmm. didn't mind, too. But the problem with two, and I think a lot of us back then, is if you didn't play the Game Boy Advance, was it uh, Chain of Memories? You had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did play that one. Actually, my, my Kingdom Hearts timeline is weird. The first Kingdom Hearts game I played was Chain of Memories, actually. Mm-hmm. Then I played one. Then I played two. And I was like, still confused. <laughs> <laughs> but, but honestly, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I think that's where Nomura has, like, Kingdom Hearts is the one IP where Nomura is allowed to do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. But Final Fantasy, maybe it's not the same. Like, maybe there he has to kind of, like, you know, Raining in keep his like... madness in check. <laughs> yeah. Dude, have you seen the amount of people that have been saying that 16 looks generic or looks boring? Or is Yeah, not, I made a post about that on on Twitter. They're like, it's not Final Fantasy. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the problem with Final Fantasy is that the, the audience of this game is very interesting. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's uh, People join the brand and the IP at different stages. And yeah. for most of us, the first Final Fantasy we play tends to be our favorite, the one that we're going to compare all the other games with mm-hmm. and stuff. Now, Final Fantasy has the blessing, in my opinion, which is also the curse of trying to innovate all the fucking time. If you yeah. compare the different Final Fantasies, they're quite different. Nine is completely different from seven, which is completely different from eight and 13 and 14. So... The situation is that lots of people just jump on. I don't know. Eight was my first 
And now I don't see Gunblades anymore. It's not Final Fantasy anymore. No, you just jumped on the weird one, and now you expect the weird one is going to be. But actually, if we take Final Fantasies and we compare them, we're going to find that once the type of Final Fantasy that overlaps the most in the saga is the medieval high fantasy one, which mm. is exactly sixty. Yeah, exactly. Like I in the trailer, there's a freaking tavern. Like in the first six Final Fantasies, it was always like that. Then there's nine, which is like that. Fourteen is like that. Eleven is like that. So there's a lot of Final Fantasy like that, and fourteen as well. And and uh, I think people who say that just haven't been around. They don't know what Final Fantasy is at its core, how it started, and stuff like that. They expect to just get another Final Fantasy seven. Yeah. And uh, they tried that with Final Fantasy fifteen and thirteen, and no, like, like I, I think people <laughs> should should accept that every Final Fantasy is just going to be different. Everyone yeah. was was his own thing. I personally I, enjoyed them all. Yeah, you know, even with the strange direction that uh, thirteen went, uh, I'm still kind of confused with the plot. I know it's it's. Do you, you play all three? I've played all three. I'm okay. still I'm still confused because I, I I understand that you know you've got the god. That the mm-hmm. god that you're ultimately going to kill in, in Lightning Returns. Yeah. But going back and replaying 13, I'm like, 13 1 was self contained. It, it felt yeah. self contained. No, and no, no it, it was. Like, that's, that's how the two sequels at that Ricky Square Enix. Like, okay, no, 13 2 was not self contained. No. That was the, the Final Fantasy that is not self contained. Maybe the only one who's not self contained. 13 was self-contained. 10 was self-contained. You know, yeah. you can argue that, okay, no, 14 is not actually. But <laughs> no, 14 is not at all. But many times they just do sequels where you don't expect them. And uh, honestly, I think the sequel of 13 kind of improved the, just, just the, the trilogy, in my opinion. Yeah. Because Caius Ballad. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, dude, it's... Uh, it's an interesting one. I don't know why they did the trilogy there. I'm, I'm very curious about that. Like, if yeah. they planned it from the beginning, if they were like, oh, 13 did terribly, so let's do another one. Or, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I loved it. I don't mind the sequel. And I, when I saw, like, Lightning becoming freaking Senseiya with the armor and stuff, I'm like, whoa, yes! <laughs> I love it. But I know, you know, it's not a common feeling on the internet, and, I, and I'm sad about it because it's uh, for me it's an excellent game. But I'm curious what made them go. We should make another one, another two. Like, I, I okay. kind of feel like um, I, I don't think they thought thirteen was going to flop like it did. And no, I, and maybe I'm, I'm curious. Do you think in Japan it flopped as much as in the West? Because I think, like I heard, I I, Lightning is one of the most beautiful characters in Japan. Yeah, I heard. I feel like it did really well there. Just okay, not, well, maybe not, that's not the West. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's just you know just us. Yeah, and, and um, there's another thing I keep hearing is that Final Fantasy 14 is not a real Final Fantasy. And I'm no, like, I no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I don't. I, honestly, I don't hear that. I, 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 luckily, people don't tell that. What they say to me is like, 
yes, but I don't want to pay for the membership, which I'm like, okay, you do, you, you're just losing one of the best Final Fantasy games ever made. Because, because of the membership, it can be as amazing as it is. Also, mm-hmm. you can buy it for, you know, when you find it on a deal, you pay 10 euros, you get all the games, you get expansions. And then if you add like five months of membership, that's like 60 euros, that's the price. You, no, add six months of membership, 70 euros, that's the price you pay for a full-fledged game nowadays that might last you 20 hours, 40 hours. If you do six months of Final Fantasy XIV, you can go for thousands of hours and still not be done with all the content that is actually mm-hmm. fun to do. <laughs> and, and, and the story, like the, the, the plot of the whole, like all the different games is going to last you way more than 40 hours. So if you just want to like be like, I don't want to pay for the membership, fine, pay 60 euros, get the game at 10 euros on Kingwin or whatever, I don't know, Amazon, pay for six months and The one thing where I go, okay, this is the thing that's going to suck, is that, yes, you have a limited amount of time you can commit to the game. So if you're someone that can play for one, two hours every day, that's fine. If you can only play half an hour or 10 minutes every day, then it's not viable to play 14 because your membership is like, you're not going to use it well. Yeah. That is the only thing that makes me go, okay, in that situation, you should not play. But for everyone else who plays games one, two hours per day, just seeing those 60 euros and enjoying one of the best Final Fantasies ever made. It's like, it's, uh, I, I really hope that one day they're going to make a way, they're going to create a way for offline players and people who don't enjoy anything online with membership to experience the story, at least. You know, just, I don't know, an uh, anime that goes through all the different events in as much depth as we've mm-hmm. seen in the game or a uh, offline version. I don't know. Because it's really a shame that lots of people are missing out on this. Who, who is your favorite character? Well, holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. Well, there's a few. There's a, man, they are, they're all pretty much amazing. There's a few that I love. Emmett Silk, obviously, is great. Mm-hmm. Alize is amazing. <sighs> I like... Uh, Still I like his wife. Yeah, she still, yeah, she still is great too. <laughs> I like, uh, what's his name? Horchefon, obviously. But oh also, what's the name? R.I.P. Yeah. Dude, there's so many good characters. Yotsuyu is great too. Like, I was like, there's no way. I was expecting that they're gonna eventually humanize her and make me feel bad or whatever, empathize. And I was like, Yeah, no. Like when, when you see her in the beginning of Stormblood, I'm like, yeah, no. Fuck this person. Like, no. No way I'm ever gonna like this character. And then... What the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> is also an amazing character, too, by the way. That's another one. Oh, um, yeah. Man. What about you? Uh, What are your favorites? Okay, so off the top, Hashifant is best, bro. Mm. I loved yeah. him. Um, let's see. Hashifant, Aramek... Um, Robon, Pippin oh, is my great. Pippin is my favorite Lollafell, and I hate Lollafells. <laughs> I, I can feel Pippin the da- I can feel the daggers, and my wife plays a Lollafell. Oh, <laughs> I can oh, feel God. the daggers. Husky by the Geek plays a Lollafell too, so <laughs> he's he's gone to the dark side now. <laughs> Embrace. The they're dark so side. they're so evil. <laughs> you, you I don't know. know. Actually, 
I find I find man, the most evil thing for me was creating a female Mikote. Mikote or something. That's how you say it, right? The yeah. cat girls. Yeah. I created a female cat girl and I I find that I have great taste in women. So I was able to create one that looked believable. Like people really believe that I'm a girl. Also because the name was yeah, female name. It was role playing, but I wasn't trying to act like a girl. I just wanted to create this female character. Mm-hmm. And we had this group and uh, this guild of free company, Italian, and uh, people were just flirting with me. I'm like, what the fuck? And we had the group on Facebook. Eventually, we created it on Facebook. And everyone saw this Alex Mikala guy. And like, wait, who's Alex Mikala? Oh, it's actually Ellen. And they're like, what? This beautiful female Mikote is a black dude now. And then it was like, shocked. <laughs> that was a guy and stuff like that. And there was a, there was a joke. And uh, then, oh, everybody started to call me Elena, which is like, Alan in, in uh, Italian. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was the evil thing. But I would have gone Lala probably too. Like, I like them all. I don't, I don't really judge at all. I, I think I the, the class that doesn't... Which class do you play? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, uh, here. I'm a human. You're a human? Yeah. Okay. I almost, I am I a almost, human well. I almost was going to be a Lala. I, I wanted to be a Lala tank so I can demoralize people. Yes, I saw a guy. Dude, I saw a guy that was a paladin, and his name was Little Hero, and he was a paladin Lalafell. So you had this like, like miniature knight walking around the Orzia, and it was amazing. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm using fantasy all the fucking time. Now I'm pure female still, but maybe one day I'm gonna do Lalafell. Probably, I don't yeah, know. I want to be a dark knight Lalafell. <laughs> yeah, that's the most. That's what a husky by the cookie is doing, but that's the most edgy thing ever. And, and, and to wrap up the Final Fantasy fourteen talks, people, there's a free trial that gives you yeah. the base game and Heaven's Word and post for free. There is yeah, no Word reason. Is one of the best Final Fantasy games ever made. Like there's no, down. there's no reason, no reason to not play it. Yeah. Dude, someone is asking a cool question. I'm going to reply to that. I'll ask for Warrior. But, but I want to say, Heaven's Word is amazing, especially because I find it teaches about racism. I mm-hmm. never expected to be taught, or I mean, I, I'm black. I'm, it didn't teach me new stuff for me. But I'm like, wow, someone who's not from a minority and plays Heaven's Word may start to understand the problems of racism you know, through mm-hmm. having sword. <laughs> so that made me feel very happy about the game. Like, but people should freaking play it. Yeah. So, yeah, all Spark Warrior asked me, what do you got planned for the future? Uh, just making more content on the internet, getting my name out there more. What I love to see is that, you know, there was a time where I, I was always struggling to like, I think I've been creating some cool shit for a long time, actually. Like, for a long, like, at least, like, the past three years, three or four years. No, wait, the past five years, I think I've been creating some cool shit. After making the trailer music stuff, uh, and I started making tutorials, I made a remix of The Landing from Final Fantasy VIII, which I'm still very proud of, because I waited for so much to make that remix. I wanted to be ready to do it to justice because I wanted to create a highly cinematic, believable Hollywood version of the landing of Final Fantasy VIII. 
Mm-hmm. I did that. Sounded amazing to me. It still sounds amazing. It sounds good to this day. And the thing I found is that I couldn't find a way to promote it in the right way because the attention it got was not equal to the quality that it has. Mm-hmm. I found that to be true for most of my music. So now, because of the Alex Music channel and stuff like that, the, the audience that's coming together, like the, the thing I'm doing is just bringing together music nerds and create this space where we can all vibe together and all feel like, you know, amazing about the music we like and uh, find new, like discover new composers and stuff. So I created this audience and this audience, what is giving back to me is like, I don't need even so strongly to like promote myself that much because lots of people are now sharing my stuff. They love it. They're like, oh my God, please. Like lots of people are consistently tagging Square Enix on Twitter and telling them to hire me for it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want this to become a nuisance or a meme or whatever. Like subscribe to PewDiePie. But, but I like to see people who are very supportive. So I want to keep on doing what I'm doing. Just keep on creating uh, this awesome space for people to vibe and just keep on creating music and keep on getting my name out there because the ultimate goal I have is still to make music from Final Fantasy games so that I can show people that it is possible to embrace your dreams and make it. Like, ultimately, I'm doing this for people. I'm not doing it for me. That's actually the thing that motivates me quite a bit. You know, when you do stuff for others, that's where first you feel responsible. You don't want that to people down. Mm-hmm. And, and second, you're like, you know, you can let yourself down. You're like, yeah, um, today I'm feeling lazy, but hey, I could impact someone with my work today. I can give yeah. courage to someone. So I would just want to keep on doing that. And uh, that's it. I, I don't, when we were talking before about the fact of like being content, mm-hmm. that's something I learned too when I was making turtle music. <laughs> there's, in turtle music, there's this, um, it's a race. We are all racing each other to just get better and better placements, be featured in better movies and eventually get to Hollywood and stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. just, it's exciting. There's a fellow feeling. People are amazing. And, you know, we all celebrate together. But this constant race of like, you know, more placement makes you consistently unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't really want that. And uh, when I was there, I was just, in the, in the community. So I started to have goals that were, were the goals of the community at large. They yeah. were not my personal goals. That's what I forgot about making music for Final Fantasy. And I started going for Hollywood. And people start to say, hey man, you need to become the next Hans Zimmer, the next this, the next that. And I tried to do that because I, I felt like, hey, everyone says I should do more film music, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to try that. But then I was like, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Like, through the pain of following a passion that was not my own, I discovered the importance of being content with your goals, even if they're not as cool as what you can. If I want to, I can work myself to the bone to the point that I end up working in a Hollywood movie studio in I don't know how many years. That's possible. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. And when I say I would rather make videos on YouTube about video game music and make some arrangements and eventually maybe make music for a video game that's way less cool than saying I'm making music for Hollywood traders or I'm making, I live in California, Los Angeles and make music there. That's much cooler. But it doesn't make me as happy as what I'm doing now. So what I'm doing now, it's already what makes me happy. Like, so when I think of plans for the future, I'm like, I just want to keep on doing what I'm doing now. 
I keep on going for this goal. So that's pretty much it, I, so I don't think. And one thing I would love to do, like a big goal I have besides Final Fantasy, is to become a multi-instrumentalist. Because I suck at playing any instrument. Like, I'm terrible at any instrument. What? I learned how to compose. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I learned how to compose. I didn't, have, I didn't have time to practice instruments before I learned how to compose. I wanted to compose first and then figure out instruments after. Now I'm starting slowly to figure out instruments, starting from bass. The bass mm-hmm. videos that people see on Twitter from me are not me playing and be like, hey, look at how cool I am. I'm so great. I take hours to even just learn 30 seconds. And those riffs that I write are challenges for me. I'm like, okay, this is the next boss. This bass line I have in my mind, I'm going to play like this. It's going to be this fast. And it takes me so much to learn those bass lines. But whenever mm-hmm. I do, my hands get so much better. So that, those videos are just me learning to play bass. It's not me mm-hmm. being a crazy bass player. So I, like, I would love to do that for bass, guitar, violin, uh, you know, drums, piano, cello. I would love to learn so many instruments, but that's another thing that I would like to do besides Final Fantasy. Because I find music is uh, the best way to communicate with people. Like, surely you understand exactly what I'm talking about, yes. like, Michael. Yes. So, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you play, like, so you play guitar? Or what, what instruments do you play? Uh, guitar, bass, uh, drums, violin, cello. Okay, and, there you go. So I want to become like you, essentially. What? Yeah, like you're a multi instrumentalist, dude. Like that's I'm that's self taught, and I suck, in my opinion. Mm. <laughs> I am self taught as well. I want to be self taught because that way, it's not that not being self taught is bad. Mm-hmm. It's not that studying at school is bad. It's actually good. Being self taught just gives you a possibility to discover things that you probably would not find in the normal route. Mm-hmm. So I like that as well. But dude, that, that's great that you can play all of those things. And I don't necessarily want to become virtuoso at anything. I just want to be able to jam on those instruments if I want to. Play along with a song or you know, improvise, play with friends, because there's nothing better than seeing two people that don't know each other sit down on guitar and starting to jam and conversate yes. through instruments. Like they've known each other the whole life. And when I see that, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you don't need to speak. You can just make people understand you through music. That's amazing. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. it's one of the things like about music. And I was uh, talking to my wife about this the other day. I forgot the name of the song, but. Oh, um, was it Chop Suey? Was it the Chop Suey song? Yeah, okay. it was Chop Suey. Okay. Oh, the system so, of a down Yeah, so I learned that song by hearing it once. And it, it's insane because, okay. It's, so it's a long song, dude. It, it's super long. So I learned yeah. it by hearing it once and I played it. And I just got into that zone. I was telling her, like, I got into a zone. As musicians, when we're playing, when we get into that session, that jam session, the music takes over. We're not. Oh there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the music it 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 just comes out and it's beautiful. God, it's it's just one of those things that that's the one thing that keeps pulling me back to music is you know when I, and I get to play, 
you know, drums or, 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 or guitar or violin, when the music takes over and you just go on that ride. That's why, yeah. like, when you look at the music from artists back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, when they'd have these long-ass solos and, and just sessions. Oh, yeah, dude. And people were like, yo, when are we going to get to the song we heard on the radio? Why Why are they doing that? Because the music <laughs> took over. It yeah. took over. And I, I God, I, I love it. I absolutely love that. And for me, I came from a musical family, like I said. The reason I play, I, I learned all the stuff I'm playing is because all my siblings are excellent in that. And I was the one that didn't have musical talent. <laughs> so really? I learned I to me. Yeah, because I felt like I had to like my sisters could sing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. there's the expectation I need to sing. And then my brothers either play drums, bass, violin, guitar. Uh, and I there was the expectation of like, oh, what do you do? You're gonna have <laughs> no. <laughs> did, did you enjoy learning? Um, I didn't initially because I was mm. always comparing myself to them. You know, okay. And, and not only that, but you know, my dad would compare me, and then other family members mm. would compare me. So it got to a point where I hated it, and then when I started finding music I enjoyed, which was heavy metal, screamo, uh. You know, that really helped me. And then not only that, but this is where I have my love of Final Fantasy because that music spoke to me. You know, yeah. the, the the soundtrack in Final Fantasy Six or Final Fantasy Three, the soundtrack in Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, Nine, uh, especially Ten, just it spoke to me. Yeah. And it is what or you know, when I learned piano, I learned piano from Hearing uh, the the intro to Final Fantasy Seven, I mean not Final oh. Fantasy Seven, uh, Final Fantasy Ten, and so I start, I heard it, and I just started playing it. Yeah, and everyone then, loved that one. You know, and it's like exactly. it, it, it just, it just became an obsession where I was doing music as much as I was breathing. Like it, it just had to be a thing. And then people were like, oh, can and when I got to college, people were like, oh, here's some music. Can you read that? I'm like, no. What are, what are we doing? They're like, how do you not know how to read music? I, I don't understand it. Let me hear it. I can play it. <laughs> yeah. Give me an idea. People are people are freaked out by that when you're like, man, I have so many friends. I, I um, yeah, I compose music. That's my main thing. That's my job. Yeah. I don't know theory. And if you play me a note or a chord, I cannot tell you the name of the chord or, mm-hmm. you know, the note. Blah, blah. You tell me, hey, play this. Uh, we're going to play, in, you know, D minor. Or not. Now I know. Now I know a bit so I can... But in, in the beginning, I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Right? <laughs> you know? So, but but then when it came to compose, I was just jamming, blowing, and be like, you know, just figure out stuff, figure out melodies without even touching the instrument and stuff like that. And then be like, how can you do it? How can you even do this? Like, or when I was, you know, listening to a song and figuring out what notes are playing, mm-hmm. I take a short time to do that because that's all I can do. And they were like, whoa, how can you do it? I'm like, this is stupid. Like, and it's simple. Just people yeah. usually, like, they tend to choose one side. Either they go the theoretical route where they learn how to perform other people's pieces and they just rely on theory so much and sight reading. Or they go the crazy <laughs> renegade route where they just do it by themselves. I think the best musicians can do both. Like, yeah. if you listen, like, check out Adam Neely on YouTube. That guy knows a lot of theory and stuff, but he also knows 
ear and stuff. He's just he does everything. He's like Sephiro, you know. Yeah. <laughs> way. Mind, body, spirit, everything. But then mostly people tend to choose one side. And if I have to choose between theoretical performer of other people's music or renegade that does his own thing and doesn't understand the basic rules but can still write cool Hollywood orchestrations, I would choose that one. I, I mm-hmm. like that one more. Did, did your other brothers and stuff end up pursuing like uh, careers in music? Uh, two of them did. Um, mm-hmm. I've had... Um, we used to have a family band, but then we couldn't get along with one another. So that didn't last long. Uh, mm-hmm. My oldest brother, Tony, became the... Well, we, were, we were living in Memphis, Tennessee. So he became the best bass player in Memphis. And wow. then the bass, best bass... Bah, best bass player in Tennessee. So he started traveling. He would do stuff like um, his band was uh, Sammy's Good Eye. They never Mm -hmm. went anywhere. But uh, he had opportunities to play for other famous bands at the time. And this is like late 90s, early to mid 2000s. But because he was so dedicated to that band he started with, there's so many opportunities he missed. Oh man! Uh, yeah, that happens. And it's like you know, and, and and we're not close now. But there was a conversation we had a couple of years ago uh, when I was in music, and he told me he's like, "Yeah, I wish I did this because he had the opportunity to play with Nickelback. He had the opportunity to play with Creed. He had the opportunity to play with um, uh, what's the name of that girl? Kill Switch Engage. Like he had wow. so many opportunities. Damn." But he was loyal to that band that went nowhere. Yeah, that must have sucked a lot. There's a lot of regret there. <laughs> yeah. Regret. You never know. Like sometimes that happens. I was talking about this with a friend. Uh, when you're on the rise, some people join you on the journey. And sometimes it's hard to tell who's on your side because they want to grow with you. Mm-hmm. And who's on your side because they see a shiny object that they can, you know, capitalize on and put that object in a box, you know, and put you in a bucket. And when you try to get out. (laughs) Yeah. No, on YouTube, I actually, personally, I didn't. I'm lucky. Like people always say, oh, YouTube, Twitter, negative places. I don't see that. Maybe. I don't know. But my friend had this in the music. This is in the music industry that happens Mm -hmm. out there. And it's all the, the fighting for other people's dreams conversation again. It's like you have to realize what people are, you know, fighting. They, they want to see you succeed and what people just want to, like, take advantage of you. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even do that with malicious intent. Many times they think for real that they can guide you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, hey, stick with me. We're going to make it. But then they're not able to. And... Uh, you have to be the one who's like, hey, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's one of the struggles of uh, being creative. Now, I don't think that for your brother that, you know, missing these chances means that his career is over. Like he can, you know, I, I think you can always, always create new opportunities, new chances, especially nowadays, dude, YouTube, he, he, the internet. He's, he's settled in IT. Doesn't matter. Like he can, 
Dude, if he's the biggest bass player in freaking you know, Tennessee, like he can make videos like I do. Like, and if, for him, it's gonna be a question like sitting down one minute, recording one take, and he has a video like mine. I take he's three hours. <laughs> I don't. Do you know Tommy Emmanuel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think Tommy Emmanuel is more than fifty. So what no, I'm but, saying is, but, like, but but his mentality is, I'm fifty. Yeah, no, well, okay. I, I'm not... So, you get that, it. Just, yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that he has all the possibilities though, to, to do it if he wanted to. No, like, no, I, I, I fully agree. Um, yeah. He just, he has that mentality. I'm 50, I'm old, my opportunity is gone. I'm like, bro, your knowledge being a bass player. Yeah. YouTube. Hell, you could do live sessions on YouTube or on Twitch. And he just, he, he, you have, I'm trying with my best friend to <laughs> like some people, it depends on the person. Some people need to have a bit of hand holding. Yeah. So with my best friend, I, I have to like put him in the situation. So mm. I, he loves streaming. He loves video games even more than I do, I think. And he's mm-hmm. much more fun than I am, but he doesn't have that edge that push that self-belief and you know stuff like that mm-hmm. doesn't want to put himself out there that much so i have to kick him in the butt and what i did this year to do that first he had to have the catalyst of like hating his day job so when that happened and i saw he was very frustrated i'm like this is the time to shine i yeah. bought him a capture card and uh, a webcam and be like okay now you don't have any excuses anymore you have to start streaming I bought him mm-hmm. Dark Souls because I know that's a game that first he's going to love and second that is very popular on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And he started streaming Dark Souls, changed his life. Uh, now, I still feel that he doesn't get it completely because he, he's of the mentality that when you stream, you just have to stream and then people find. That's not how it works. You have to. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you have to do so much. You have to have a YouTube channel. You yep. have to publish content and doesn't that doesn't mean that you have to publish your streams on youtube if you publish two hour streams no one is going to watch those publish highlights of your gameplay no one is going to watch those either you don't have to publish something funny you have something specific particular that puts you on the radar because content creation works like that when it comes to content creation and so you're not the one to choose what you get popular for yeah like you gotta try different angles try different publish different things, and eventually you're going to publish something that tackles one hole or one niche that is not being taken yet. And that's where the internet glorifies you, and you're like, okay, I can do this. I can take responsibility for this specific type of content that is missing, people are going to, and people love it. Yeah. For him, I told him, this, I'm like, dude, no, you have to like record your live streams, keep track of all the funny moments, do interesting compilations. Like, he has two cats. And he told me, dude, I played the whole Dark Souls. I cannot tell you how many times I've been killed by my cat because he stepped on the controller, whatever. He walked on me when I was facing a boss. I'm like, dude, there you have it. Just do a Dark Souls cat compilation. That I'm sure the internet has not seen that yet. No. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure he, he will blow up like that. But yeah, he has the content, he has the stuff, but I need to drill into him the motivation to do that. And he's like, oh, I don't know how to do it, blah, blah. So now I'm streaming a lot to show him, like I'm doing it myself Mm -hmm. to give him advice as I do it. And as he sees me rise, he knows that we are the same. We're just 
very similar people. So if I make it, he's going to make it too. So I'm streaming and I'm doing it especially because I want to show my best friend how to do it. So some yeah. people, maybe sometimes they need that sort of guidance. So maybe your, your brother is kind of like that. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's, there's hope. And you know, that's what I wanted to say. Like, uh, there's always hope. And, and, and you touched on a really critical thing when it comes to, you know, streaming and content creation as a general. Like, there's a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people I know that think that you just need to, you know, throw a video up on YouTube and that's it. And it's like, no, there's not. You need to understand how to market. You have to understand SEO. You need to understand, you need to utilize these platforms. If you've got YouTube videos, take some of the greatest clips or the best clips from it and go over and put it on Twitter, put it on Twitch, uh, put it, well, not Twitch, uh, Twitter or Instagram. Reddit or and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Reddit. Yeah. You need to, you need to effectively market it out there because so many people have this idea that, I'm just going to wait for that opportunity of that one video to blow up. And I'm maybe it's just how I'm wired. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to wait for an opportunity. I'm going to go make it myself. And if yeah. an opportunity does come, I'll no, dude, know. like that's the best way to think. Like the, the way I, I think about this is uh, I just publish as much content as possible. Yeah, I, I do it strategically. So I have a YouTube channel for this music producer reacts videos and video game music covers. I cannot just publish Dark Souls gameplay videos on that. That's, that's going to kill the channel. Like, the one thing you have to understand is, like, there's a place for everything. Yeah. So, but, but I'm trying to publish stuff all the fucking time. And one thing I'm doing now, which is helping a lot, as I told you before, I found that the content I've been making for the past five years, video, make, video game covers and stuff, sometimes they don't get, it didn't get the, a level of attention that was matching the quality. Mm-hmm. So now that I have this platform, Alex Cup, music i'm re remastering or re like packaging those and mm-hmm. re-releasing those through different type of media mm-hmm. you know like my short video where i explain you how i wrote the cover and then i show you the cover and stuff like that and i'm releasing content every day dude gary vaynerchuk said you have to release like what did you say like i don't remember 10 pieces of content every day or probably every even more 30 day. yeah and what people are like, what, 30 pieces of content? You're fucking crazy. Like, I cannot put out 30 videos. No, you, you do not have to record 30 videos. You can take one video, repackage mm-hmm. it, and then publish it on Twitter, Reddit, Insta. That's three pieces of content. You know, and you can do that on different social. So every day I'm publishing stuff, especially on Twitter. And then whatever blows up, blows up. Whatever doesn't, okay, maybe I'm not going to do that again. You know? Yeah. But, but when I see something that blows up like crazy... That's what I'm like, okay, this is a niche that is in demand. People love it when I do stuff in the niche. If I enjoy doing it, I'm going to do more stuff. But, but uh, that also applies for games on Twitch. Like you want to stream some games that, you know, are, they have demand, but it's not a demand that's being served completely. So if you yeah. stream those, people are going to watch you. Yeah. Dark Souls is great because, well, everyone's going to always love that game. Mm-hmm. But it's not a new game, so it's not like the top ten, I think. So yeah. if you stream that, you have a big chance of people following you. If you stream freaking Fortnite, everyone's gonna watch Ninja and stuff. No one's gonna watch you. So it's all about taking care of the niches which are not being taken care of right now, and yeah. you find out what they are by just publishing a crap ton of content and doing it where it is appreciated. Not just spamming everywhere. So, yeah. 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 
Definitely. Dude, we've been talking for, for almost I, two hours. I, 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 I will have to go soon, but this was a blast. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I was about to say, we, we can wrap it down to the last yeah. question. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask. Uh, well, if, if people have questions, like if you guys have questions in the chat, uh, you can ask. I'm going yeah. to try to reply fast. Yeah. I know we've been ignoring you the conversation. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's, uh, I actually feel a bit guilty about that. No, when I stream, no. I'm always reading. But when I'm being talking to someone, it's a bit hard. No, they, like, they, 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 they love it. They, they're used to it. They okay. love it. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, when you, well, you know, pandemic going away. When you coming out here to Hawaii? Man, I would love that. Hawaii is very close to Japan, right? Like people in yeah. Japan just come there for the holidays all the time. I am looking forward to go to Japan again. I've been there two, two times. Mm-hmm. I've been there totally a month and a half in my life. And okay. I want to go back there as soon as the pandemic is over. So if I'm in Japan, maybe I can just take a flight and come to Hawaii, you know, just chill there for a few days and then go back to Japan. Blah, blah. So that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I, how, I, how is life in Hawaii? Like, how are people there? Uh, are they chilled or are they like, about, for example, what you do? Like, you know, you have your, your, your businessman, you have your podcast. Do people do that often or are you seeing as a crazy guy? Like, what, what is the. I'm the crazy guy. Uh, crazy just guy? because a lot. Uh, a lot of people out here are very, very, very laid back. Um, mm. not very ambitious. You know, it's uh, the. That's okay. one of the things about being, you know, from out here is that a lot of people here, the most that they're gonna strive for is either being a comedian or being a, a disc jockey or maybe working at retail. <laughs> okay okay i get it so like that's that's just about it but like other than that um as far as striving to do a whole lot more a lot of people are out here aren't trying to do that so with me uh i'm i am kind of considered the crazy one Uh, a lot of people here think that i am um uh i don't cater to hawaii which is intentional Mm. because my thing is I want a global audience. I want to capitalize on being from out here, but also yeah. being able to interact with people around the world. And so yeah. that means that, you know, which is kind of a thing. It does kind of bother me. I don't have really support from people here as much mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, you're not. I mean, there's the, there's a lot of things with that, but it's like, you're not catering to us, but. My thing is, you're getting exposure from the world. I think like the, the well, you live in Hawaii first, so that's that's <laughs> great. But I also think there's something to be said about being different. Like, yeah. I live in the Czech Republic now, and mm-hmm. people here, because of historical oppression and lots of shit that happened to them, don't really, they're not so positive or, you know, they don't believe in themselves so much. Mm-hmm. I do a lot, you know, and, and I believe in others as well. And it really stands out. When you're this kind of person in an environment, when the environment is not, it stands out. And that creates the situation where if you find someone who is kind of like you and is a renegade in that society, mm-hmm. you're going to change their life. You know, they're going to be like, oh my God, I cannot believe I found someone like you here, blah, blah, blah. So, that's uh, maybe that's a bit better than actually being in LA where everybody is super <laughs> inspiring 
and you just feel this incredible competition to just be the best and have, yeah. you know, freaking Ferraris, then, you know, like, eh, maybe that's good to be here, you know, just chilling, doing your thing. And then whoever loves you, loves you, who doesn't envies you. Because that's mostly envy when people are like that. It's not that they didn't love you. They're just envious that you're rising up and they're like, ah. Yeah. Eh. There's a lot of that. There's, there's a lot of crabs in a bucket mentality out here. And yeah. I just I just try to rise above it. You know, like one of the things I got to do this and last year was actually go out to the universities and uh, speak to the, the students because the universities invited Ooh. me to teach, you know, talk to the kids about entrepreneurship and talk about, you know, content creation, YouTube, podcasting, all that. And it was an honor to do that, you know, being able to see that there are other people that are also from here that actually want to go beyond what, you know, the low bar of expectations is set for us here and how much opposition that they're having. But, you know, when I, talked about that or I announced that I did that, you know, the reaction from a lot of the community out here was like, oh, who, you know, you're all. Who are you to do that? Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So that's, that's what that was. And you did a good thing in going because you're, you know, just being there and talking to all these young people who still have like hearts full of dreams. Maybe are going to, it's going to inspire some of them to like really like change. Like the youth is the future, dude. Yeah. If you can change the youth in a positive way, then in 20 years, Hawaii is not going to have that mentality anymore. Like, at least your city in Hawaii is not going to have that mentality anymore, you know? So, But with that being said, dude, being respectful of your time, we, we're going to wrap this up because I know you got to okay. go. I know it's, it's late where you are. It's early where I'm yeah. at. But uh, I'm going to say this. If you ever come out here to Hawaii, you got a place to stay. We got a house. We got a room. Oh, man. Like, Thank we're, you. we're literally two minutes from Waikiki. And all of our Whoa. our friends, like voice actors and whatnot, when they come here, they stay with us. So, uh, thank you very much for that, man. Appreciate yeah. it. If you come to Prague, let me know. Definitely. Czech Republic, I am here. Definitely. And uh, most important, quite oh, the other thing too, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, where I live, two blocks down this way. Well, not two mm-hmm. blocks, two houses down from where we live. Uh, here in Sakaguchi lives. We're in the same neighborhood. So no, what? Yes, for real. When we go to our grocery store, I run into him all the time, bro. What he, the he's, fuck, dude? No, yes. For what? The fuck? Yes. <laughs> so that is absolutely crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did sure you ask know. him what's the best Final Fantasy? Yes. He's gonna say did. nine. I think. <laughs> he he's gonna say nine. He did. Okay. And Dude, I'm like, wow. I'm like, what about? I said, I said, what is your your favorite post Final Fantasy Nine game? And he's like, oh, the real Final Fantasy Thirteen? You mean Lost Odyssey? <laughs> Shit, I need to play that one. <laughs> one day, one day, <laughs> I would play it. But Holy yeah, shit, he, man. if you ever come that out here, incredible. man, I'll definitely I'll introduce you. He's a great guy. He loves he goes surfing every day. But he, wow, he's, he's really cool. Okay, well, that's uh, one more reason to come to a wife someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's been a pleasure to be here, really. Like, it's uh, you have great energy. That's the thing I noticed when you told me, like, hey, you want to come on the show? I, I went and listened to one of your podcasts. I'm like, well, these are great vibes. Like, super, super fun guy. I'm like, yeah, surely. Let's, let's, let's chat. And it was indeed a pleasure. It was so fun. 
Thank you. Sorry Thank if you. I overspoke most of the time. No. I, I did, but but I, I'm the guest, so I'm like, okay, maybe I can do it now. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. And, and uh, with that being said, guys, uh, links to all of Alex's outlets, social media, I'll leave that in the description because I'm going to be uploading this to YouTube and all the podcasting platforms. So if you're watching right now on Twitch, I'm going to tell you, you can catch it all here. So it'll be available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, iHeartRadio, as well as we just got on Amazon Music. Amazon reached out to us to get the show on there, and we're on there as well. And uh, we're on, it'll, you'll be able to catch it also on replay here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mikel Casanova, as well as on youtube.com slash Mikel Casanova. And if you want to support the podcast, we got Patreon as well. But with that being said, y'all need to go right now. And it's Prime Directive. Go sub to his YouTube channel. Go follow him on social media. Man, Thank you, man. is iconic. I don't care what he says. He's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> You're too so, kind. So you, means, you are the iconic one, man. Really. Not even. I'm just a guy in Hawaii with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you very much for that, man. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah. Cheers, everybody. It's been a pleasure to talk to you all. And, uh, Dude, best of luck with the continuation of this podcast. It was an amazing time to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. With that being said, people, we're signing out. Y'all have a great one. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope it was informative, engaging, and you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure you go ahead and leave a rating and a review. It greatly helps out the podcast and helps the platforms that we're on. Go ahead and promote us more so that more people can check it out. And if you're wondering what all platforms we're on, aside from what you've listened to it on, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. And if you want to support the podcast, then we've got Patreon, so patreon.com slash Mikhail Casanova, which allows us to continue doing what we're doing. If you're looking for this in video format, we're also available on twitch.tv slash Mikhail Casanova, as well as youtube.com slash Mikhail Casanova. So with all that being said, I'll catch you on the next episode of Hawaii's number one podcast and the number one podcast in the Pacific, the Casanova Podcast. You have a great day, and I'll see you on the next one.